come back. Your dreams for your ticket Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 16 of the HFFL pod. Today, Ryan and I, were going to give you our personal 2020 rankings. Ryan, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing real good. I'm excited. I'm excited. This is going to be basically my version of the preseason poll, uh, which I didn't do last year. And uh, Ryan's going to get on here with me, and we're going to maybe agree a little bit, maybe argue a little bit. Ryan will talk about people taking his guy. I'll tell people to do things that I clearly won't do with my team. Um, and, and we'll be good to go, right? Sounds about exactly how it's going to go for me. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so we're going to name uh, the six teams that we believe will be playoff teams, um, and we'll also name who we believe will be the champ. Um, so we're just going to go ahead and jump in. We're going to hopefully uh, keep the time down a little bit on this one, and uh, we'll jump right in it. So, Ryan, who do you have as the worst team in 2020? All right, so this um, is my first tier, um, and, and – I called it the bottom tier. All right. Um, and the bottom tier con consists of one team. Uh, and, and that's obviously Corey. It's pretty, I mean, Corey knows it. Everyone in the league knows it. He's the bottom team. It's not even close. Okay. Um, so he has three young quarterbacks. Um, and, you know, his future might be bright at the position, but they're just not ready right now. Um, he's got a bunch of, I know we talked about it. Uh, last time um, on the pod, a bunch of Jag running backs um, with the exception of Gibson and Pollard, but no clear starter right now. Um, obviously there's, it's not clear that either one of those guys, well, Pollard, not starter. Uh, that is clear. Um, but Gibson, it's not clear that he's the starter yet there in Washington. He probably won't be to start the season. Um, five of his seven wide receivers are promising rookies. Uh, and, and he has another young guy in Miller who um, I think will actually play a little better for the Bears this year as well. But I've been saying that the last couple of years, so who knows. Um, I think tight end could actually be his best position this year. Uh, he has Gusecki and Jarwin. I think that th those two guys might have actually pretty, pretty decent years, especially Gusecki this year. Um, besides Jonathan Allen, there's nothing to talk about on D really. Um, he could have one of the least productive teams in HFL, FFL history this year. Um, I'm not, I, he's probably the worst team I've ever seen. <laughs> um, he has a lot of picks coming up in the next few years. So we'll see what he does with them. Um, he could be an up and coming team if he does well with his picks in the next few years. But right now there's a legitimate 0% chance he makes the playoffs. No, and I agree. Uh, Corey, to me, he's in my uh, tanking tier, and he is the only team in my tanking tier. Uh, so I, I agree with what you're saying, um, but I do, I do believe that the future is bright. I absolutely loved what Corey did in the draft. I think he, like I said, on the draft pod, I gave him my favorite grade. I think he absolutely killed it. You know, he's got building blocks at every position. Uh, you know, I like Danny Dimes at quarterback. Darnold, you know, as long as Adam Gase doesn't ruin him, I think he's going to be fine. You know, he kind of lucked into an asset here with Chris Thompson with all this uh, Leonard Fournette news. So I'm sure he'll be flipping Chris Thompson as soon as he can. And potentially, you know, like we talked about earlier with Boston Scott, you know, he's got a guy that could have some 2020 production and, you know, he can flip him for, you know, maybe a second if Miles Sanders were to get hurt, more likely like a third and a fourth. But, you know, I love Antonio Gibson. Um, I think by midseason, the Skins will be putting uh, – not the Skins, excuse me – the Washington football team – 
will be putting Adrian Peterson aside, um, and they're going to see what they've got in Gibson and what they've got in Bryce Love. Um, you know, they got to see what they have going forward. They'll probably be a bottom five, maybe even bottom three team in the NFL. So they got to see what they got because, you know, if, if these two, if Bryce Love and Gibson aren't the guy, you need to know that this year so you can, you know, make a move elsewhere next year. I absolutely love what he did at his wide, his wide receiver. Um, he's got seven players with day two draft capital, uh, that, which is, to me, is fantastic. Um, I really knocked Henry Ruggs in the pre-draft process, but he is starting every, you know, every day a little bit more. He intrigues me a little bit more. And that's one of the things that I've been trying to better myself with when it comes to fantasy football is not having take lock, not being stuck. Oh, well, I didn't like this guy, you know, for this reason at this time, you know, but as more, as you get more information and as you know, you learn more, um, just, you know, adjusting, rolling with the punches, rolling with the, the new data, you know, so I'm, I'm really starting to be intrigued by Henry Ruggs. He's somebody that's really grown on me this offseason. Somebody I've tried to trade with Corey a ton with. Um, Corey's just not budging. But again, terrible defense. The team is literally designed to tank. That's exactly what it needs to do. That's exactly what it's going to do. You know, I do think he's sped up his rebuild, but Corey is still an absolutely a long way away. So we'll go ahead and move on then. So who's your, your 13th team? Who's your second worst team? Uh, Corey, trade him Henry Ruggs. He's trash. All right. Um, second to worst team. Um, and, and this, this tier for me, um, includes four teams. Um, the next four teams are in this, uh, tier for me. And this is my not making the playoffs tier. Now I want you to know, I think that this tier is actually pretty close. Um, it's possible to make the playoffs with probably a couple pieces. So multiple pieces put together could make them playoff teams. Um, but in my opinion, they're not going to make the playoffs. Um, my second to worst team is Brendan. Um, make my team great again. And um, he had a, he was very close to, he didn't make the playoffs, all right, last year. He was just no, close. He was real close. Right. So he was really close to making the playoffs. Um, and he was on pace to be a contending team with a few people. With a few pieces. I really liked his team. I remember we talked about it in one of our first pods about how much I liked Brendan's team. Mm -hmm. um, and he decided to tear the house down um, in order to build a better one, maybe. I don't know. Um, will the gamble of making Josh Allen his guy be a good one? I also don't know. I'm going to say no on that one. Um, it's definitely not what he had there. And he's probably not one of the better bottom, I mean, even, you know, top 10 teams in the league at that position. Uh, he did pick up Burrow um, for the future. So that's a really good pickup for him. I mean, I mean, that's going to be his starter coming up. Uh, he has two young running backs. I don't think Clyde Edwards-Dallaire is as good as everyone says he is, especially Jimmy um, and the, and the Lynch boys, but he's, I do believe he's going to be a good starter for Brendan either way. Uh, Dobbins is going to take a couple years in my opinion, but he could be, end up being the best back on Brendan's team. Uh, I think, I think a key piece to Brendan this year is Montgomery. Um, if he wants a shot at all at even sniffing the playoffs or, or having a decent season, he has to have something big out of Montgomery. And Montgomery's hurt. <laughs> uh, you're right, and he's hurt right now, so that, that's obviously a problem. Um, 
he has a young but talented receiving core. They could definitely help him as well. To me, this his receivers are one to two years away from being very good. Um, none of Brendan's tight ends are going to help him. Um, it's I, I think he's gonna, he's going to lose a lot of points at that position. You know, in his weekly matchups, almost every week he's going to lose that position at tight end. Yeah. Um, that and losing Lamar uh, is also another reason I put him at the bottom of this tier of four teams. Um, he's got a very good defensive end group, one of the best actually, with Clowney, um, and the other two guys. They're they're sweet. Um, if Clowney finds a team, obviously he's obviously going to get a team at some point. Um, and then a young linebacker core who I think will be very good this season. Again, uh, his DBs are weak, but I think, you know, that's an easy place to strengthen. Uh, it's one of the easier positions to find on the waiver wire. And obviously the guys that show up randomly during the season, um, are, are guys that probably aren't on a roster yet, you know? So it's a lot easier to find a guy that just pops out of nowhere at that position. Um, I, I do, like I said, I think he's close to being a playoff team. He's just definitely not there yet, but I like, I like his future. Yeah. And for me, um, my next tier is my no chance at the playoffs, unless there are multiple blockbuster trades and multiple, you know, waiver wire free agency hits. And I'm actually going to flip these two teams that I have here just based on some recent development. Uh, so for me, this, and by the way, I want to say Corey is absolutely yanking his chain, by the way, that you said, Brendan is the second worst team. So in your, in what you have, uh, Corey would have the first and second pick next year. So he'd be very excited by that. But so for me, I have Kobe as the second worst team. And the reason I'm putting him here is that obviously the Leonard Fournette news. Um, yeah. Kobe does have Ryqual Armstead, but I just really don't believe that the Jaguars are going to give Ryqual Armstead the 275 carries and 70 something catches that Leonard Fournette had last year. Um, I think that it'll be split up between Armstead, Chris Thompson, uh, Divina Zigbo and, you know, who else know, you know, whatever player they bring in, whatever undrafted free agents they have or bring in, and, you know, in the future. Um, I just, I just don't believe they're going to do a workhorse player. Elvin like Kamara. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> trade, trade for Elvin Kamara. Sure. That makes, <laughs> makes a ton of sense for the worst right. team in the NFL. Right. But um, I think Kobe has just kind of aged like we talked about before. Um, you know, I do actually expect big things out of AJ Green. Uh, this year, I do think he'll stay healthy. I do think he'll be probably top 20. Um, I, I just, I'm really high on A.J. Green. And I think once he puts together five or six good weeks, that he'll be probably Kobe's greatest trade asset. Um, we all know that during the season, even, even though they're aged, you know, you can get high-end value for a player of A.J. Green's caliber. You know, I traded a first for Jordy Nelson in his age 31 season, you know, and then ended up getting two more seasons of top 15 production out of him. So, when you're making that championship run, you're looking after a piece, you know, you're just trying to make it work. So I could see, you know, green getting hot and, and Kobe taking advantage, but Kobe is, is hurting. Obviously Fournette's still a free agent. I'm pretty sure this means he cleared waivers since we haven't heard now. Um, so he will be free to sign wherever, but the fact that he cleared waivers and he only has a $4 million salary means that, you know, he's not very highly valued. And obviously the team said that when they said that nobody wanted to trade for him. Um, I'm interested in a couple guys for Kobe here. I want to see what MVS does this year. I don't think we should completely write him off. He had a big rookie year. They, the, the Packers didn't really add anybody. You know, Traquan Smith's been getting a lot of smoke this preseason. I've, you know, waxed poetic about James Washington a little bit. 
So he's got some guys with intrigue. Um, and Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones is a stud. I know I've been all about, uh, oh boy, that they drafted. I can't think of his name right now. AJ Dillon. Um, but, yeah, uh, AJ Dillon. You know, he, he's, he's been a stud. Aaron Jones has been an absolute stud. So, you know, Kobe's got a very good defense. He's got a lot of places he, or people he can trade here, but his offense is just so bad that I just don't think he's going to be able to compete. So that's why I have him here at 13. Um, who do you have your, as your 12 team, your third worst team in the HFFL in 2020? So um, I actually, my 12th team is, is Kobe. Um, and for a lot of the same reasons you just talked about, um, I, I did this before the Leonard Fournette news. Um, when I put him here, I do think that Leonard Fournette's going to find another job somewhere else. So um, I'll keep him here, even, even though um, that news came out. Uh, do, you so, think, do you think he lands a workhorse job at this point? You know, we're, 12 days, 10 days from the, from the opener. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that he lands, you know, he's not going to get as many touches as he was with the Jags. I don't, I don't think that, but I do think that he's, he will be the lead back somewhere. I don't think that, and he might split a little bit of time, but I think wherever he goes, he's going to be the lead guy. I mean, the dude's so talented. I mean, he's always proven that every time he's stepped on the field. Okay. Shot in the dark. Where's he going? Ooh. Um, I don't know. The other day I was leaning towards Chicago. I just don't think that they'd do something like that. I'm gonna, I would love for him to go to Chicago. I'd be pumped. I'm going to say the Chargers. I think he'd be a nice compliment to Eckler. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Chargers. So we'll see how this plays out tomorrow probably. All right, go ahead. Continue with Kobe. All right, so um, I guess Kobe thought he needed a name change with the new times of his team. <laughs> In my opinion, bees suck and so does Kobe's team. Uh, so yeah, and, and another team in this uh, group of four um, that could compete if things fell the right way for them. Obviously, after the Leonard Fournette news, they are not going in the right direction for Kobe right now. Uh, and he would definitely have to add a few more pieces, find a diamond in the rough somewhere, find someone on the waiver wire, make a trade, something like that. Um, and I, I just don't think that's going to happen since he's already packing it in for the pick 1.02. That's never going to happen. Um, well, so it might happen though, but it might just be his pick. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so aging quarterbacks, um, still going to be productive this year. Definitely with Aaron. Um, he has two starting running backs, you know, uh, well one now, uh, Tevin could be a decent backup. Uh, I just don't know. He's he's been hurt, you know, lately, and I don't know what they're doing in San Francisco. They're got all kinds of things going on. Um, I think, in my opinion, he needs Devontae to find something. Which now, with all the running backs that are flying around, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, I'm sure he'll go somewhere at some point, but maybe not right away. You know, before the season starts. Uh, but he definitely he definitely doesn't have that depth at running back. Um, we all know how I feel about Kobe's receivers. I've talked so much trash about them, um, and I stand by that. Um, but, hey, who cares? Kobe doesn't think we're going to have a season anyway. Um, in my opinion, um, there he doesn't have much. I know you just talked about MBS. I know he had a decent, you know, rookie season. I just don't think he's very good um and I haven't I've always stood by that uh but we'll see Kobe stuck by him so we'll 
we'll see if he can do anything. Um, so, yeah, like I was just talking about Kobe, obviously, in his opinion, thinks they're not going to play. I watched high school football the last two weeks in Indiana. It uh, doesn't look like there's any sign of them slowing down, so I doubt the NFL is going to stop. Um, it's definitely not going to be any different. Actually, in Michigan, we're talking about going back to play football, so who knows? Yeah, for sure. Um, I believe his – Matt's tight end situation um, is better than what others think. Um, obviously, I've been trying to trade for his tight end, and he um, – who Kobe called a trash player, but – now you can't even trade for him for a second-round pick. So, <laughs> clearly, um, he doesn't actually think he's a trash player or else he would trade them. But his excuse is, oh, I, they're not going to have a season. Blah, 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 blah. Herndon, right? Chris Herndon? Yeah. He's been getting a lot of hype lately, too. I think Chris Herndon's really good. I've always been on, uh, on board with Chris Herndon. He had a really good year when I, I had him. I still have him in a league. Um, and I'm hoping that he gets back to – that and even more um yeah so uh what i feel you know he won't even trade the guy for a second he called him trash i think he went to the um richest school of selling tight ends which clearly <laughs> just means you don't sell them at all um the end is a much better group will be a much better group for kobe than they were last year i think that they're i think he has a really good group of dns they were not very good for him last year, but I think that they'll bounce back this year and help him out a lot. Linebackers, uh, same type of thing. I think they were low last year. I think they're going to do a little better this year. Not a great linebacker group, but they'll definitely get some points. Um, Kobe definitely needs to do some work at DB. I saw him like pick up and drop like six different receivers and DBs today. So I don't even know who's actually on his team and who's not. Like there was like six guys that he acquired and dropped in the same day. So I don't know what that's going to. Um, but yeah, if he doesn't improve, um, he could definitely end up below Brendan, um, in the standings. And I do believe that he's better than Brendan's team right now, but his, he's definitely not set up for the future like Brendan is. Okay. And then for me, um, the second player of this tier is Walt. And I, I have spent the last decade of this league absolutely just railing Walt about moves he's made and about how crappy he's been, and I'm going to take a different tone. Yeah, I have Walt here at 12, but the offseason of Walt has entirely changed the, the outlook of this team. You know, Walt, Walt needs a little bit of luck. Um, he, he got down on his luck early, losing Debo. Um, nobody knows if Debo's going to be back week one. I hope for Walt's sake that he is not. Um, I think I, I read an article, I kind of posted about it a little bit, that I want to say it was like 60% of players who have the same Jones fracture injury that Debo had re-injure that foot and end up needing a second surgery. So, because they rush back. Um, so I, I think the Niners will be careful with Debo because the Niners plan on being Super Bowl contenders and they don't want to lose Debo for the whole season. So I think that will hurt Walt at the beginning of the season, but it theoretically will help him towards the end. Um, I absolutely love what he's done. You know, adding Lamar was huge. I've just been, all over A.J. Dillon. I love that player. You know, Chris Carson all of a sudden is finally healthy. He's getting love from Pete Carroll. He's back as the workhorse. He's looking great, blah, blah, blah. So that's good because Carson's an absolute workhorse. Um, I'm not a fan of Robbie Anderson or Kendrick Bourne, but I do think they're okay. I love the long-term outlook of C.D. and Terry McLaurin. And then with, you know, Leonard being cut, the, the theory is that Chanel might see a couple carries a game and some manufactured looks. So 
he's got some some guys there. Um, like I talked about before, I'm not a big fan of Higby. I'm not really a believer, but I do think that between him and Gronk, you know, he'll be able to fill out a productive tight end spot. And then, you know, defensively, Walt got some massive luck with Yannick Ngakwe going to Minnesota. I mean, probably the single best landing spot that he could have gone to. Mike Zimmer absolutely coaches up the DNs. You know, go look at Everson Griffin's stat line. You just pencil Yannick in that for that same stat line, and, and he's going to be just fine. So I, I think Walt has a lot of pieces. I just think he's going to need help, especially at wide receiver. You know, he'll, he'll be one of the lower scoring teams in 2020 production at wide receiver, despite, you know, the long-term outlook. Um, but with, with a little bit of luck, a little bit of waiver wire love, you know, some injuries with teams above him, you know, he does, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he has absolutely no chance, but I just, I don't see it as we're currently going here. All right. So we'll move on to the 11th team. Who do you have as your 11th team? All right. So my 11th team uh, is Walt. Um, and I said, uh, mainly due to him having Lamar Jackson is why I put him above the teams that I put below him, you know, um, with Kobe and um, Brendan. So just having Lamar Jackson really changes that. Like that's, that's a whole nother player added to your starting lineup the way he played last year. So that just helps him out tremendously. Um, and Lamar alone could definitely um, give Walt a chance every single week. Um, but I do think that he's going to, you know, his scoring is going to decline a little bit this year. I don't think he's going to score what he did last year. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, his running back situation, you hit it on a little bit. Carson, obviously a stud. I just don't trust James White right now. We'll see what we get out of him or what he gets out of him. But obviously I don't, I don't trust him, especially with how many backs they have in that backfield now. Um, his receivers are good, not great. I, I love Debo. He's not a great fantasy scorer. I like him probably more as an NFL player than I do as a fantasy player, but I do like him. Um, McLaurin, to me, is going to be the, the key guy to his group. If McLaurin can turn into wide receiver one, Walt's receiver core is going to be a lot better um, than what we might think it is. So we'll see if he can turn into that wide receiver one type fantasy player kind of guy. Um, then it leaves CD and Robbie Anderson. Um, I'd like Robbie Anderson as wide receiver four. I do not like him as a wide receiver three. So, um, and a guy that, you know, is in your starting lineup every week. So I think that if CD steps up and is able to take that job, which I'm, I think he is, um, then that's also going to help his receiving core. But again, this is another team that's like one, two years away from having a really good receiving core. Uh, tight end could be a strong point for Walt this year. Um, not in like the top echelon of teams, you know, the Jimmy's and the riches He's not, he's not with that group. So, um, but, but I think that he could be a pretty good team and his matchups from week to week, he could do pretty well. Um, I do like Higby. I think that he, he is what he was last year. I don't think he's anything better than that. And he's probably going to drop a little bit. Um, we get to see what Cole Komet's going to do as a rookie, see where he's at. And then obviously Gronk is the big question. Like, is he going to be Gronk of old? Is he going to be a total chode? We don't know. Uh, I think that he's going to be pretty good. I think he's going to be a starter from week to week for Walt. Uh, and, and Higby will be the next guy up, especially at the beginning of the season for him. Um, he does have a good group of DNs. Uh, I am very – 
upset every time I look at that uh, Yannick trade because it just keeps get, like getting worse for me. Yannick <laughs> is moving up, getting a better spot, and then I hear more and more stuff about um, Mostert, Moster, yeah, being you know not yeah running back by committee. So um, yeah, that was a good trade for Wall. Uh, another trade in in this season that in this off season that he's done well on and not the usual Walt stuff. Uh, linebacker for me is a scary spot for Walt. Um, I, I think they could prove to be better than what they were last year, but they're just not great. Uh, and he's also got a very good DB group. Um, one key for me is what Walt keeps talking about is Bryce Love. Um, if he can play in the backfield, I think that Walt might be better than what we think he is. Obviously, we are not in agreement like Walt, who thinks he's going to be the guy, because I don't think he's going to be the guy either. So, um, without that, I don't think he has a shot. Okay. Um, so, this is an, an, the next tier break for me. Um, all of these teams, for me, have at least one major hole, but all of them have a shot, you know, I, I think at minimum of six wins and potentially as, not, as many as nine wins. Um, and I think that every single one of these teams will be in the playoff hunt, uh, you know, depending on the luck of the draw here and how waiver wires hit and, you know, injuries and things like that. Um, but for, for me, the difference between the 11th team in the HFFL and the fourth team in the HFFL is really not, it's really not very different. The league is very close, um, you know, as evidenced by last year, you know, half of the league dang near was six and seven or better, you know, or, so we had, let me look here. So we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven team, eight teams that were seven and six or six and seven. So, you know, almost two thirds of the league were in that six and seven, seven and six range. And, and I anticipate more of the same this year uh, with the bottom being a little bit stronger last year. Walt was uh, two and 11. I, I really don't see that happening again. And Corey was one and 12. I don't see that happening again. I don't think Corey even gets a win this year, <laughs> but, but so for me, number 11 is Brendan. Um, so we do have the same bottom four teams. Um, I just, I truly believe that Brendan still does have a shot. Um, obviously, I have talked a ton about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, even for me, the hype has kind of gotten out of control. Um, I listened to a podcast this morning and a guy I actually really respect um, was talking dynasty rankings and he has Clyde as his running back three right now, ahead of Zeke Elliott, ahead of Kamara. You know, to me, that's just that's kind of rich for a guy who is not like a Saquon or a Zeke-esque prospect, you know, that top 10 pick going to an elite, like, yeah, he went to an elite offense and he was a first round pick, but he was the last pick in the first round. You know, he only had one productive season in college. He is small, you know, so there's, it's even and that same guy probably had him as his fourth running back before the draft. Yeah, he probably did. He probably did. And I understand what you're saying about the situation. And, you know, I, I love Clyde. I had Clyde as a first round pick. Before, yes, before the NFL draft. Obviously, I didn't have him at 101. But, you know, to me, even like I said, that's too rich for me. But I do think that Clyde will finish as a top 10 running back this year. I just think the opportunity and it's just so good for him. And then, you know, Dobbins is getting some hype lately. Obviously, the injury to David Montgomery is really going to hurt Brendan. Last I heard, he's going to miss two to three weeks, but he should be back after that. But I love the breakout potential of Hollywood Brown. Calvin Ridley, I really think, is an absolute monster. Um, I know that it's not an in vogue thing to say, but I'm really interested to see what happens with John Ross with Joe Burrow throwing the ball. Um, I know AJ is going to get a ton of targets. Tyler Boyd is going to get a ton of targets, but 
if John Ross can truly be that lid lifter that he was supposed to be when they drafted him in the top 10 of the NFL draft, I think four years ago now, you know, and he showed signs last year, early in the year before he got hurt. So I'm just interested to see what happens. I'm not saying he's going to be a wide receiver three or anything like that, but I, I just, I just want to see, I want to see what happens there. And then, you know, Brendan's got guys all over the map here that are, are excellent players. Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett, excellent player. Chase Young, excellent player. Jalen Smith, fantastic. I mean, he's got studs all up and down the roster, but he does have a major weakness at linebacker. You know, he's a little bit weak at safety. You know, he's just got a couple things. And then obviously tight end, assuming Irv Smith doesn't break out this year, which is very possible. Um, but assuming he doesn't, assuming he finishes in that tight end 15 area, you know, that's going to be, a huge weakness for Brendan and what really brings him down. But right. despite all the crap I gave him, I really, I really like the look of this team long-term. I really think he's got a shot still, you know, he's going to be very rookie reliant, but you know, it, crazier things have happened than, you know, two running backs with the talent of Clyde Edwards Hilaire and JK Dobbins breaking out and, you know, potentially pushing Brendan into that playoff playoff view. All right. So let's move on to number 10, Ryan, who's your 10th, best team in waffle in 2020 or waffle wow in the hffl in 2020 all right so this team for me is still in in that second tier uh for me guys that i don't i don't think are going to make the playoffs um without a lot of things going right for them um and that's julian's team um i think kirk is a pretty good fantasy quarterback um and you can definitely have a good team with a guy like kirk cousins as your quarterback um, but obviously he's not going to score enough to like go out and win a game by himself. Like some of the quarterbacks in the league, like a Lamar Jackson or, you know, guys like that can do. Um, the reason I have Julian above the rest of these three guys is definitely due to his running backs and wide receivers. Um, Gurley, Henry Sanders make up three headed monster. That is the best trio in the league, in my opinion. Um, when you back up that trio of running backs with Mike Allen, Evans and Allen Robinson, it's scary to play Julian every single week. Um, Mike Williams is a decent number three to have, in my opinion. Uh, he also has Judy, who, you know, we all know the talent that Judy brings to that wide receiver group. So I think that um, he has a pretty good receiving group. Um, they could be very good this year. I mean, they could be better than what I even think they're going to be. Um, Hooper should get touches in Cleveland and be a serviceable starter. Um, even though I don't, I don't believe that he's going to do in Cleveland what he did last year. I also think that David Njoku is pretty good. So I think he's going to steal some of those touches from Hooper um, in the, in Cleveland. Um, and then Julian also carries the best kicker in the league. <laughs> I, know, I know that Jimmy would get a kick out of that, but I had to include a kicker somewhere in here. Um, defense for Julian um, leaves a lot to be desired. This is where I knock Julian and, and why I think he can't make the playoffs is, is solely because his defense. Um, he could be the worst defensive group in the league as a whole, um, except for – I'm not really counting Corey in that group, but um, – <laughs> I hope Julian can put together serviceable defense to help himself out. Um, he can add a few guys, find people here and there on the waiver wire. If he does that, he could be pretty good. I think he could actually push for the playoffs and be in that next group. But right now for me, his team on defense is just not good enough. I think he's going to lose so many points on that defense, defensive side of the ball that he's not going to be able to compete 
week to week with, with some of those other teams that are competing for the playoffs. For sure. Uh, for me, <clears throat> the second team here in my uh, major holes, but should be a six, six win team, you know, and has a shot at playoffs. Uh, for me, the, the 10th team is Greg. Like I just, uh, just had the pod with Greg, just talked a lot about his team. Um, I love Kenyon Drake this year. Love Kyler Murray this year. Obviously, Julio and Tyreek is just studly. You know, Evan Ingram has some interest. Melvin, Melvin Ingram just got a new contract, or not a contract, but a restructure, so he's happy. Um, you know, he's got players up and down the team that are pretty good. But the thing about Greg's team, if you look at it, I mean, is this not like a, such a stereotypical Greg team where he's just like not great but not bad anywhere? Like, yeah. <laughs> like this is like the year that Greg won the ship. You know, he is – not really great anywhere, but all of a sudden, you know, he has a couple breakout players here, like maybe Kenyon Drake, um, but he's not horrific. There's no spot on this team where you're like, oh, dear God, Greg, what are you doing? Like, why do you have X, Y, Z? You know, he, he has quality players at every position and can put together, you know, one of those lineups that just has a high floor. And if he, you know, gets hot with a guy like Kyler Murray getting hot or, you know, Julio and Tyreek go on just one of those tears, you know, Greg's one of those teams that's going to be scary because he has that 170-point floor but the potential to smack a 220, 230-point week on, week on you with these guys blowing up. So, you know, Greg's kind of – it's crazy crazy to me to even say it, but I've, I've literally felt like I've said this before in, in a preseason poll. You know, watch out for Greg. He looks bland. He just looks very Greg, very Dirk Nowitzki. But you just never know. You can't count this kid out. He's always – always playing the wire. He's always looking for, you know, the trade as he would say, even though he's not, um, but you know, it's just, no, he's not, no, he's not at all. Uh, it's just one of those things though. You know, you can't really count him out. And this year he's just solid enough to sneak in and, you know, he won the ship as a six seed. So it's just not it's, uh, any team with Tyreek and Julio and a, a quarterback with the rushing upside of a Kyler Murray, you know, and then, you know, he could potentially throw a touchdown or two to Kenyon Drake at those double points. That's not the kind of team that you want to play in a one-off game. So Greg's got a little scariness to him this year. I'm interested to see where this goes. All right, on to number nine. Who do you have for the number nine team in the HFFL? Uh, yeah, with Greg, I wanted to add, he's not only not looking for the trade, he's not even looking at his phone for the trade. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you think so you yeah, that – like I'm not sure he like does. Off the bat, like bam, get to the league. I don't. I don't I know. We should, probably ask, we should probably have Matt teach him how to do it, though, right? <laughs> I'm a fail. <laughs> um. Yeah. So my my ninth team. Um. And actually, this is my next um wave of teams. I, this is my tier fighting for a playoff spot. So these next um three four these next three to six teams are who I believe is going to be fighting for the playoff spot. So out of six teams, there's three spots. I think the, these guys are the ones fighting for them. Um, so the ninth place team is Greg. Um, I'm right with you on that. Uh, a really good first quarterback in, in Kyler Murray. But after that, I think that an injury could, you know, prove pretty disastrous for Greg's hopes. Uh, Murray could very well be a fantasy stud this year with the addition of nuke. I mean, you just throw it up. The dude catches it. That obviously adds points. So that's, I mean, that's something a quarterback can only dream of having uh, as is a wide out like nuke. So that really helps his chances of being really good. 
Um, I don't I don't like Greg's running backs as much as um, Jimmy. I think it's just me that likes Greg running Greg's running backs. Even Greg <laughs> like his running backs. Right. Um, I do like Kenyon Drake. I uh, definitely had his best season last year and a very good finish to the season with the cards. So I, I do like Kenyon Drake. I think he's going to be a pretty productive player for him. Um, Cohen to me is just a PPR guy uh, and just PPR guys to me. Um, I, I don't like those guys. They scare me. Um, I know you'll say you have Christian McCaffrey, but Christian McCaffrey to me is not a just PPR guy. Like he's just a oh, I don't think fucking I'm, stud I don't running back. Um, so Treat Cohen to me just uh, he scares me. Also, I think he f- sucks. So hopefully the Bears figure it out and they don't let him in the game to just run around and run backwards most of the time anymore. Um, so I think he should see less time on the field. If the Bears were smart, that's what they do. We know they're not, so they probably won't. Um, I do like Howard. I don't love him. Um, Swift could be the key piece, in my opinion, for Greg's team. Um, if Swift can win that Detroit job in, you know, in their backfield, I think that Greg could definitely um, be one of those teams that pushes and makes the playoffs this year. Uh, so I, I think that, that that is very big for him in order for him, his chances – um, Singletary and Moss, obviously he has both of them. So they're going to split time. I'm, I'm not sure that either one of them really gets run running back two numbers that, that he would need in order to be a top team. So I don't think that that's going to help him with those guys. Um, obviously Greg has two receivers that compete with anyone in the league's top two, um, in Jones and really fast man. So cheetah, as he likes to call himself, uh, and I do agree with Rich that he doesn't really have a great number three. Um, I do like – I think Sammy Watkins is good. Um, I just don't know if he's that guy on a consistent basis from week to week. Um, if he's – if he's if Greg is hoping for Corey Davis again, that's a problem. The dude's trash. He's always been trash. He was trash at Western. I mean, he was good for playing at Western. But – He's trash. He's, he's not the guy that everybody thought he was. I told you that. He's proved it to us, and we're still hoping that he's good. Don't know why. Um, Ingram is going to win you, in my opinion, a lot of tight end matchups. Um, I, talk, I talk a lot about matchups. To me, I like to look at matchups in fantasy football. Like, when I go into a week, I'm looking at, like, okay, am I going to win the quarterback matchup this week? I think it's important. Um, obviously – you can win one matchup by 30 points and then lose one by seven and you're still ahead in the other matchups. Um, but I don't know. I just like to have more matchups one than the other guy. It makes me feel good about myself, I guess. <laughs> um, but that's what I like to look at. So I think he's going to win a lot of tight end matchups with a guy like Ingram. And uh, I, I think that he could do even better than he has been in the past. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt this year. Uh, I also like, his depth with Everett, I don't think he's an every, you know, start every week kind of guy, but I do like him as a backup tight end. And I definitely love me some Adam Troutman. So uh, I don't think that's going to help him any this year, but I just wanted to note that that guy is sweet. And he's from Michigan. Um, D-line, pretty good position for Greg. It helps him in a lot of matchups that he plays in. Linebacker's a problem. He needs someone to come through. I think Roquan is – I mean, Roquan is definitely a good linebacker for him. 
Um, I, I do think he needs big things out of Simmons, who he drafted here um, from week to week. So that's going to be his, his big question mark on defense is can Simmons give him what he needs to be at, you know, at a higher level. And then DBs, his DBs are just eh for me. Um, I, I think the defensive problems, along with the few things he lacks on offense, leaves him out of the playoffs. Okay. Um, for me, my number nine team and my third team in this, uh, this tier of teams who are all playoff caliber, in my opinion, is Mike. Um, so if you play Madden like Walt does and you turn the injuries off, right, look at this lineup. He's got Big Ben. Last time Big Ben played a full season, he threw for over 5,000 yards. He's got Lev Bell and James Conner, both of which are going to push. With, again, if you're on Madden, there's no injuries. They're both going to get 300 touches, right? So then you got Michael Thomas, 330 points at a wide receiver, just insanity. DK, potential breakout. Golden Tate, just a solid, nice slot PPR guy. He'll be in a good little spot. Or, you know, Cole Beasley running routes in Dallas or maybe Buffalo or whoever it is these days. You can just ask Greg. <laughs> blast from the past three years ago here um and then zach Ertz. i mean that the yes it's old yes it's it's an aging lineup as far as you know you're looking at some of these sexy dynasty rosters but if these guys stay healthy mike has a hell of an offense now mike has proven if anybody has proven mike has proven that it's very unlikely that these guys stay healthy you know he's already kind of been snake bitten he's already lost alshon for a little while here Jalen Hurd's already out for the year. Lamar Miller gets signed and immediately gets put on the PUP. So he's already kind of seen some, some of that, as he would call it, that Mike injury luck. That world is out to get me injury luck. But he's also had some good luck. You know, Everson Griffin going to Dallas. Very big win there for him. You know, Todd Davis, everybody thought he was out for the year when he hurt. I want to say it was his knee or something, something in his leg, I believe. Um, but he turned out he's going to be okay. He's just going to miss a couple weeks, which is a big save for him. So, you know, Mike is – Mike's pretty dangerous. You know, he's got some breakout potential in guys like Chuck Clark. And, you know, I, I like his team. I think he's going to be a very solid competitive team each and every week, you know, and he'll be in that tier of players that could, you know, to me, have a floor of six wins and could theoretically win as many as nine if, if you know, the, the cookie crumbles the way that they would like it to. So um, that's what I have there for number nine. Number eight, who do you have, Ryan? My eighth team is Kellen. Um, Dak and Stafford, really good quarterbacks. Um, I, I don't even need to talk about those guys anymore. I mean, that's going to be a, a really good position for them. Um, Stafford is, you know, if Stafford gets hurt or when he finally leaves, um, he obviously still has Drew Locke, not to mention Tua. Uh, so that, that is very good <laughs> quarterback group for him um obviously I don't think that Drew Locke is the guy the answer or anything like that so I think that he'll lose one of those guys at some point but um I don't know when that'll be um Kellen also has a couple of young stud running backs I love Jacobs I love Chubb I actually had Jacobs and won a league with him last year uh actually I actually think I had both of them Chubb and Jacobs last year in that league and I won it uh I I know a lot of people say that Chug lost some value when Kareem Hunt came back last year. And I'm not saying that he's, that he's not going to, but um, I don't, I don't think his value goes down that much. I think he's still a top five running back for me. Uh, adding cam Akers for Kellen helps. I think he could be a really productive back in LA. So we'll see what he does there. I just wish he had a little more depth at the position. 
I don't even – does he even have another player at the position? I think those are the only three guys he has. <laughs> um, and, and injury could definitely ruin his chances. When you only have that many guys there, you get an injury, then, you know, your bye weeks start to hurt you because you don't have another guy there. It, and it just spells trouble when someone gets hurt. So I think that you definitely need to add some depth there, and that's a problem. Uh, wide receiver still plays for Kellen. Um, I think he could use some help. Um, or just one of his guys needs to break out. Uh, I, I think he has a lot of chances for guys to break out. He just needs that to happen. If Fuller stays healthy, Kellen is definitely going to push for a playoff berth. Um, I just don't know if that can happen. Can that happen for a season? Uh, he's also rooting for N. Keel, you know, to step up this year in New England. I definitely like his core, but again, this is yet another team that I keep saying wide receivers are just maybe a year away, maybe two years away from being a really good group. Uh, O.J. Howard and Hurst make up pretty good pairing at tight end. We'll see what O.J. Howard does with Tom Brady there um, and all those tight ends that they have. Um, Hurst could also have a breakout year in Atlanta. That could help him a lot. Kellen's D-line, uh, I, I think they could use some work, but he definitely has some guys on the team that can do the job. Young talent needs to step up and break out, like Allen, Davenport, Farrell. Um, I, and I think that one of those guys will. I actually really like Davenport. Obviously, Allen had a pretty good season last year, but I really like Davenport. I think he's a really good player, and he could he can make some noise this year for Kellen's team. Um, it's another team. I think he needs help at linebacker. Uh, he has pretty good first two guys, but lacks that guy to be the defensive player that – I think, um, and I always, you know, when I'm making my team, like I'm thinking about my defensive player, I want him coming from a linebacker. I know safeties are the highest scoring position, blah, 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 but I'm thinking linebacker. I think they're just more consistent in their point scoring than that, that defensive back position. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But that's just my opinion. Um, his DBs, I think, are weak. Uh, Logan Ryan had a crazy good year. Uh, when I wrote this, he wasn't on a team, but, but right now he he did get signed by the Giants, right? Yep. He's, I mean, he's just definitely not going to score what he did last year. That was insane how many points he scored last year. Um, so I think he could definitely threaten um, again to make the playoffs like, like he made last year. Uh, I just think that his lack of on defense and um, his lack of depth on offense is going to affect his chances of, of making the playoffs this year. Okay. Uh, for me, my number eight team <clears throat> and, you know, in that playoff tier is Julian. Um, I absolutely hear exactly what you're saying about Julian's defense. Uh, I guess I suppose my counter argument to that is, you know, defense is the easiest thing to find on the waiver wire. Right. You know, there will be 10 or 15 defensive ends, defensive tackles this year that end up averaging, you know, 10 points per game or more that are picked up on the wa waiver wire. You know, probably the exact same for linebacker and potentially 25, 30 of those players at defensive back. You know, defensive back is the single deepest position in IDP. And frankly, in our league, it's probably the deepest position, period. Um, I think he can shore that up. I think if he just plays the wire, if he, you know, adds and drops and doesn't hold hopes to some of these guys like Matt Ioannidis or, you know, Afedi Adagamino, whatever his name is, you know, some of these guys are going to hit, some of these guys are going to bust. And as long as he's not willing to hold on to players while they're just not getting snaps and just, again, remember everybody chase those snaps, the snaps equal points. Ultimately, you know, you got to be on the field to score. So 
I do think Julian will turn that around, but the strength of this team, I mean, is, is offense, you know, starting lineup of Cam Newton, Derek Henry, Todd Gurley, Mike Evans, Allen Robinson, potentially Mike Williams, if he's back or Jerry Judy or theoretically, you know, crazy, crazy things like maybe Antonio Brown over the second half of the year. You know, I, <laughs> I love, you, you don't know. You don't know. I mean, he's got his eight game suspension. They're talking about, he could theoretically get another suspension if he, something else comes up in these court cases, but once that eight games is up, you know, all bets are off. And who's to say that, like Michael Kendricks, you know, impending prison sentence for insider trading, you know, he's snuck in two or three seasons here before he's going to prison. So it can definitely happen. It can absolutely happen. And I, I love the offense for Julian. And as long as he can make some moves, you know, he does, he does need help at tight end, in my opinion, too. Um, but I, I think he's right there. I just think he's so strong at running back and at wide receiver that – it's going to keep him afloat. It's going to keep him there. And, and I actually expect really, and again, I don't want to steal taglines from people, but just stay, stay, you know, with the news, pay attention to the news. You know, Cam Newton at one point a month ago, a month and a half ago, whatever it was, nobody's even talking about Cam Newton. You know, he's not even fantasy relevant. And now he's on a one year prove it deal with an insulting salary Bill Belichick does not care about his health. He will absolutely run him into the ground. He does not care. So who's to say Cam Newton doesn't return to, you know, his past glory of, you know, pushing for what, you know, five, six, 700 rushing yards. And I mean, this is the same guy who's had at least eight rushing touchdowns in three different seasons of his career, you know, season high or a career high of 14 one year. So I could absolutely see it. I could absolutely see Cam Newton coming out with 600 rushing yards and eight touchdowns on top of, you know, 20 touchdowns passing and, you know, just under 4,000 yards. it's no one should be shocked if Cam Newton finishes this season and is a top five quarterback. Nobody should be because he just has that talent. And yes, he's getting older, but for one year in Bill Belichick's offense, well, you know, I know it's Jack Daniels, but on a big Bill Belichick team, you just can't count him out. You absolutely cannot count him out. All right. On to number seven. So the last team that does not make the playoffs, who do you have, Ryan? Um, so I would just wanted to add to that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely understand that defense is the easiest thing to find on the waiver wire and stuff like that. I just, you know, I did mine based on who they have on the roster right now. Didn't really think about who they can't pick up. But, yeah, I definitely think that if Julian gets his stuff together, I mean, and picks up some guys that actually turn into players, like, I think he's a playoff. He's definitely a playoff team at that point. Um, all right, so the last team not making the playoffs for me is Mike Hill. Uh, You're going to have the you, same six playoff teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. Um, so, yeah, for me, Derek Carr and Big Ben make up, for me, one of the better quarterback duos. Um, I actually like Derek Carr probably probably more than most people in this league. I hate Derek Carr. Um, I, I think he's a pretty good quarterback who plays for the freaking Raiders. Um, and – a lot of people are down on, on both of them. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not. I think Big Ben is going to have a big year coming back. Um, I don't care about that dude's shoulder. He's huge. He doesn't care about his shoulder. He's crazy, right? Like, he survived a crazy motorcycle accident. Dude doesn't care, right? Like multiple. You know, raping all kinds of people. He, yeah. he doesn't care. He found Jesus. <laughs> yeah. He, he found Jesus. So... <laughs> So he, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to have a big year. Uh, the problem 
problem on Mike's team for me is his running backs. Uh, I don't think he has a true number one back um, and needed, you know, you need a number one running back if you're going to win the league, right? Like, and that you have to have that in order to win. And he just doesn't have that to me. Um, And then the next problem is whether the rest of his guys even start you know, on their team or if they're splitting carries. And that's another problem. When you don't have a number number one and your guys are all splitting carries, it's a huge problem at that position. Um, and so that, that hurts his playoff chances, in my opinion. Um, but Mike says he's going to win the league and he's going to ride off into the sunset. He can, um, he can uh, think again because that's not happening. Uh, anyway. Under that dream for – <laughs> The wide receiver group Mike has is is so scary. Uh, the first two, right? So Michael Thomas, like, he scores enough to be a number one receiver on a team and a number one on number three. Like, one guy takes both of those slots. That's how many points that dude scores. So that definitely helps Mike. DK, I think, is going to be great at that number two position. I think he's going to be as good as a lot of teams' number one receivers this year. That's how talented, huge, scary that dude is. Um, I'm not totally sold on Mike's number three guy, though. I know that Jimmy hit on a few of them, and I think those are good players. I just don't – they're aging, and I just don't think they're going to be good enough to be that number three guy that is a number three guy on a team that makes the playoffs and makes a playoff run. Um, I think Alshon would be his best bet to do that, but obviously he's had injury problems. He's injured again. Um, so that's always a problem. Tight end, good position for Mike Ertz. Um, he, he talks about trading him. He's not going to trade the dude. Um, but mainly because he thinks he's a playoff team, even though I don't think he is. So maybe you should trade him, Mike, to me or not two firsts because stuff is expensive for tight ends around here these days. Uh, I think that if he's – never mind, I'm not even going to talk about that. Anyway, a week – I think he has a weak defensive end group. Um, He, to me, um, loses most weeks at that position, especially against those top playoff teams that I keep coming back to. Uh, he's not going to win very many defensive end matchups against those teams. Um, linebacker, I think, could be a pretty strong position, a much stronger position for Mike this year. Um, although I don't think he's yet in that top five group of linebackers, uh, linebacking cores in the, in the league. But I do think that he's got a pretty good one this year. I think they're going to be pretty good for him. Um, and then defensive backs have a chance to be good. Obviously, you guys talked about it last time. If Reed finds a team, if not, I think that spells the end for Mike's playoff hopes um, and his bet with Rich. So he's probably going to lose both of those things. That's okay, Mike. We still love you, especially PE teacher bride. Yeah, right. Um, he, he just doesn't have enough pieces to sneak his way into the playoffs this year. Okay. Um, and then my last team out, my number seven team is Kellen. <clears throat> uh, Kellen was the first team in la- or last team in last year. He snuck in and beat Rich by eight points. And then just because we do points for, um, and as luck would have it, he did beat Rich in their head to head, which ultimately pushed him into the playoffs. I mean, he only beat Rich by nine points. So it just goes to show you, you know, how close things can be at the end of a season. I mean, because we don't do head to head, if, you know, Rich had scored, 
literally had scored nine more points over the course of the season. So two-thirds of a point more per game, he would have been in the playoffs last year. So every single point counts. Every lineup decision matters. You know, it's, it's, it's one more catch. Yeah. It's yeah. One more catch a game. Right. It's incredible how close things are, you know, when you really break it down and even, you know, to the next team, you know, um, which was Mike, who was the the second to to last team into the playoffs last year, the fifth seed. Um, He was only 20 points more than Kellen. So it's just, it's just crazy how it all works out and how balanced the league is right now. And I'm very, very happy that it is so balanced. Um, it just makes it fun, really, for everybody because, you know, going into most seasons, you, 75% of the league has a shot. And that, you know, that's the dream. That's the hope, you know, especially in, you know, what is the 15th or 16th year, whatever this is for the HFFL. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I think it's 15th. So it's just, it's just good to see. So, um, but, but back to Kellen, you know, he's, like you said, the guy is absolutely stacked at quarterback. I talked about his luxury pick with Tua. I'm with him. I hope that uh, the Dolphins just sit him all year. No reason <laughs> to play him. I mean, really, there's no chance the Dolphins are yeah. off team. So, I mean, you can play him the last game or two, but really, what do you what do you stand to gain other than him? You know, I, I, I take it back. He should play some games at the end of the year. He should get to see the field, get to see the speed of the NFL. Um, but playing him the whole season, you know, I, I just don't think he's worth the risk right now. I'd rather let that heal, that hip heal absolutely 100% completely no effects, no limp, no nothing. Um, so I would sit him, you know, I'd sit him at least, at least half the season, I think is, is a good decision for them, but we'll see what they do. Um, I love his running backs. Like you were talking about with Chubb and Jacobs earlier. I love them. Um, Akers has been getting some hype lately. You know, everybody, I think it's just that hard knocks, you know, hard knocks love it and bumps up everybody that's on hard knocks. I talked about his wide receivers a ton. He loves Cooper cup. He loves Cortland Sutton. You know, he's got very good players, you know, across the board here. And, you know, one of my favorite potential breakouts this year in Will Fuller. But, you know, he just top to bottom. He's a very solid team. You know, I don't think he's, aside from his defensive ends, I don't think he's really elite anywhere. Um, if he had more help at running back, I think we could call that elite. Well, he might be elite at quarterback too with that depth. But, you know, I just think he's a piece or two away from going from, you know, seven and six and just short of the playoffs to, potentially nine and four and, you know, basically controlling his own destiny, destiny as a three or four seed. So a couple moves, couple waiver wire hits, and then Kellen goes from, you know, first man out to, you know, three or four seed, like I said. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here for Kellen this year. All right. On to the playoff teams. Who is your last man in your number six seed? All right. So I just want to remind you, like these for me are still in the same category. Cause like you said, it was so close last year between all those six and seven, seven and six teams. Um, I, I still think these guys are in the same category as the guys underneath them. I just think they have a little bit more. Um, and so for me, they're the playoff teams, but they could find themselves on the outside looking in with a little bit of bad luck. Um, that sixth team for me is Jeff. Uh, really it comes down to the reason he's ranked below these guys. It's probably mostly his quarterbacks. Uh, they're kind of scary. Um, this could definitely make or break his playoff hopes. Can Baker step up? Can Gardner Minshew play similar to how he did last year and, and possibly even break out with not really much to work with there in Jacksonville um, and, and them really pro- trying to throw it, you know, throw in the towel. I've never seen an NFL team throwing the towel like Jacksonville's throwing the towel right now. So yep. that's 
well, that's we tough said, for him. We said the same thing, though, about Miami last year when they traded Larry yeah. right before the beginning of the season. And teams were like, oh, they're blatantly tanking. They're blatantly trying to be bad. You know, so, I yeah. mean, I know it, to me that's kind of hyperbole because we've been – we literally just saw it last year. Like, I was even like, oh, my God, the Dolphins might be the worst team. Oh, Alabama might beat the Dolphins. You know, I was – so, yes, it is rare to see a team absolutely tank like this, but we've seen it. Recently, I, I think the NFL is kind of becoming more modern in that way, like the NBA, like, screw it. If we're going to suck, let's just go in. Let's suck. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think the Jags are – I don't think they're as bad as the Dolphins. I thought the Dolphins were at the start of last year, that's for sure. Uh, I think they have some pieces. Um, but Jeff has two really legit running backs um, that will get him through most of the year. An injury, again, could really hurt his chances. I mean, obviously an injury hurts everyone's chances. Let's be real about that. But um, the teams with less depth at one position, I think that if you get an injury, like that's going to be tough for you. Um, and, and Jeff has one of those things at running back. Um, a really quietly good wide receiver group, um, and he has plenty of depth, again, at wide receiver Um and I, I think, in my opinion, these receivers are the reason Jeff makes the playoffs. Uh, tight end's another make or break for Jeff. Uh, so along with the quarterback, if David Njoku, you know, just has a decent year. He doesn't have to have a great year. If he has a decent year um, and, and steps up a little bit, catches some balls, some touchdowns, gets some yards, like he's going to be pretty good. If he doesn't do anything or gets hurt again or something like that, it's going to be tough for Jeff to make the playoffs. Um, it would be very, very ironic if tight end is the reason that Jeff doesn't make the playoffs after the whole tight ends are not important speech that he gave us. Um, D-line is a good position for Jeff. Not great. Uh, there's no way Cam scores, you know, what he did, what he scored, 244 last year. Uh, there's no way that he does that, but he's, he'll still be productive for him. Um, I think Clark will be consistent but doesn't have the huge upside being that he's a defensive tackle. Um, I think the most important player on Jeff's D-line here is is Trey Flowers. Can he be the guy that Detroit thought he was when they got him? Or is he, you know, just another guy on their defensive line? Um, That position is the biggest worry um, for me about Jeff's team and picking him over Mike to make the playoffs. Um, I'm sorry, not that position linebacker, um, linebackers, the, you know, the, the reason that I, I struggled to pick Jeff over Mike in that playoff spot. Um, my opinion is if queen and Harrison play well, or just one of them, if one of them can play well, I think he makes the playoffs. If, if not, then I think he's going to struggle to do that. So there's, there's another position, linebacker, tight end, quarterback. Very important for Jeff this year. Uh, he's got three really good defensive, defensive backs. I think they're going to stay solid for Jeff. Um, he may actually end up having to start all three of those guys um, from week to week, you know, unless it's a bye week and stuff like that. But I think that he might start all three of those guys this year and, and bring in some good points from that DB group. Um, so I think he's going to be the, the sixth team. Okay. Um, I have the exact same thing. I have Jeff as the sixth seed. Um, and I, I think you summed it up best. And I just want to kind of say about Jeff here, you know, he's had three actually successful seasons in a row. 
Um, he's had an eight win, a seven win, and an eight win season in the last three. Got his first taste of the playoffs last year. Um, he did get bounced in that first game. But, you know, Jeff was the four seed last year going into the playoffs, but he was the lowest scoring team in the playoffs, and it really wasn't close. Um, he was five points per game lower than the next closest team in points per game. So he was not like a, a dominant force by any mean. Um, he just his, – his, his points for actually were lower than his points against. Um, you know, Jeff had the highest points against in the entire league. Oh, nope, that's not true. Uh, Sneaky Pete's Walt. Walt took an absolute beating. Second to Walt. <laughs> Walt, was, Walt had 190 points against him uh, per week, and Jeff had 177.4. So, I mean, but he, he took the brunt of what the teams had to give him, and, but he, he's a solid floor team, like you were talking about with his running backs, his wide receivers, and just in general the floor he has. But I think you summed it up best when you said his quarterback and his tight end and kind of like that same thing I'm always knocking Scott about. Um, it's very, very tough to be an elite team in the HFFL. We already know as a fact that it's imp almost impossible, I mean, almost st a statistical anomaly really, to win the HFFL without having a top five quarterback. That's just historically the way the HFFL has been. Um, if I had the data to go back through it, which with MFL we will, um, but ESPN and Yahoo before that do not save previous year's data. Um, so I can't go back and look and see who had what positions. But, you know, I know when Matt was a dominant force, he had Jimmy Graham. You know, when Randy was a dominant force, um, he had Dallas Clark at one point. Matt had Dallas Clark at one point. I had Dallas Clark at one point. Um, you had Antonio Gates when you were a dominant force. You know, Jeff had Jermichael Finley when he won his title. Jeff Carlson when he won his title. Um, people have been riding dominant tight ends to championships for as long as, as the HFFL has been going. So um, I do think Jeff makes it in, but I do think he gets an early exit just because just like last year, his point floor, although on a week to week basis, he is, you know, a very stable, very consistent team. He just doesn't have the teeth to, to take down, a, to take down a championship um, of all the teams really, in this humongous tier that I have, you know, teams 11 through four, um, Jeff has the least teeth. It, it, and it's because exactly of his quarterback and his tight end. I just don't, I don't think that Baker or Gardner Minshew end up being, I definitely don't think they're top 10 options this year. Um, even top 15 might be a stretch. Uh, Baker, I would say, actually has a better shot at top 15 just because of that rushing upside that he has. Um, but in Joku, and Joku and Asiasi, that is, frankly, a pathetic tight end group. Um, obviously, best case scenario for Jeff is that Baker bounces back to what he was as a rookie, you know, throwing for the most touchdowns in, as a rookie ever, and, you know, just all of a sudden decides to bring David and Joku with him, uh, which is possible. You know, David and Joku had a great year his first year with Baker. So it's certainly possible, but Jeff just doesn't, he doesn't strike me as any more than a high floor team. And I just don't think that uh, just a high floor team can get hot and, and win in the play, you know, win the whole thing throughout the playoffs. All right. Number five, rich. Oh, that, well, I gave that away. Number five. Who's your number five team, Ryan? Well, you obviously knew what I had on my paper. My number five team is rich. All right. Then we know. Um, it's another guy, uh, three really good fantasy quarterbacks. It's definitely no problem at quarterback for me. Um, 
Rich is going to struggle at running back this year. I think I think Gordon will be better than what a lot of um, people, you know, just league chatter that I've heard. I think he's going to be better than a lot of people think. Um, and to me, it's to me it's not even close. Melvin Gordon's the best running back in that backfield. Um, and the problem comes for me after Melvin. I, I don't like any of the guys that Rich has. Um, if he doesn't make the playoffs this year, I think that this is definitely going to be one of the reasons why. Um, he really, really needs Adrian to stay a workhorse in Washington for that football team that they got there. Uh, and I just don't think that throughout a whole season, especially for, you know, as bad as Washington, I think they're going to be, um, that that's going to happen. They're going to start playing those younger guys. And Adrian's going to get less and less of a chance, and he'll probably be pissed about it. But it's it's the most likely thing that's going to happen for that that job, um, and that's not going to be good for Rich. Uh, he is an interesting group of wide receivers. Top two are very good. Um, he has about three good choices to choose for that number three spot, and I think that helps him most weeks in matchups and in case of injury. So he's pretty deep at the position, which I like. Um, he has the best tight end group in the league. The problem is you can only start one. Um, it, it really does hurt to see all those points on the bench when you definitely, without a doubt, need them at defensive line and you need them at running back. Um, just think, if only we could have started a flex player like Ryan had proposed. And Julian. <laughs> so um, defensive end is another position of weakness for rich. Like I just talked about it. It's pretty bad. Um, really weak, really needs to hope he can find one on the waiver wire. Maybe someone busts out or he can make a trade, which is probably not going to happen. Um, and trust me, rich, you're not going to get a Bosa. Okay. So you might as well just forget about that. Uh, rich's linebackers are going to make him a force. Uh, this is, he starts three linebackers, with that type of scoring, um, it's really going to boost his chances to win most weeks. Um, when you put three linebackers like that out there, you can really trust that your defense is going to score you enough to, to almost make up for those lack of running backs and, and the DNs that you don't have. Um, I think he can overcome the running back and the defensive end groups to make the playoffs. I'm just not sure that he can make the run that he want, wants to make. Okay. And then for me, um, I talked a lot about Rich on the last podcast, obviously, with his team being on. Um, I absolutely love Matt Ryan as a fantasy quarterback. I love his totally agree. Um, obviously, he's crazy good at tight end. He's elite at linebacker and at DB. Um, but, again, like you were talking about, running back is going to absolutely be an issue for him. Although I do like that, you know, he has guys that he can plug in and get – you know, eight to 12 points, you know, matchup-based points with Latavius Murray, Adrian Peterson, you know, Matt Breida, maybe Damian Harris. We'll see how that all plays out. And then I, I actually like Josh Kelly, um, and he's been getting a little bit of hype lately. So he's got, he's got guys that can come in that he can find a good matchup for. He can stick them in. Hopefully they get a touchdown or, you know, three, four catches and 60 total yards. You know, so I think he'll be able to piecemeal that running back two spot together, just like he did last year. Um, and I think he's going to be just fine. I think he just has too much firepower, you know, at that tight end linebacker and DB specifically. And then, you know, just being just being strong at wide receiver and at quarterback 
he's just he's just too he's too deep. His floor is too high. Um, I just think that he will be a playoff team just because he's going to consistently give you a tough matchup every single week. All right, who do you have as number four? Number four for me is Sam's team. Um, what an incredible turnaround. Uh, what'd you say? He's still in the same tier for you? Yes, for me, he's still in the same tier. Um, really pushing into the next tier. He could be in a tier of his own. Okay. Um, what an incredible turnaround. His team literally was second to last place last year. Now I know, I know that we had a dispersal draft. Um, but he's now rated fourth in my rankings from like the team that got second to last shouldn't even have a chance to pick the guys, you know, in the dispersal draft. Cause the players obviously that he had on his team sucked. So for him to be rated fourth now in this poll is just insane. Um, how did he do it? Excellent dispersal draft picking and yup, you guessed it. Brendan Lynch. Um, <laughs> I wish he had another quarterback, but Russell is a good one to have. If you're only going to have, you know, the, the one. <laughs> um, he doesn't have very many injury problems in his past, so that's always good. Uh, running backs, where I could see a, a little bit of a problem. Um, like I said, I, I think Melvin Gordon's the guy in, in Denver, so I think that Lindsey's going to take a little bit of a backseat to him this year. Um, and, and so obviously taking his scoring down. The, the real question is for Sam is, can David Johnson be close to his old self in Houston this year? Uh, and I, I think he definitely takes a step forward from where he has been the last couple of years, but I, I'm not sure that, you know, he's, he's definitely not going to be the old David Johnson. Um, but I think he can be good enough for Sam. Uh, his receiving group, Parker, Brown, Gallup, Kirk, they're young. They're really good wide receiver group uh that's going to be tough to take on every week I, I love those four guys um they could definitely be better than they were last year I think that some people talk about Michael Gallup losing points to you know with CD there now um I, I'm just not sure how many points he actually loses I do think he takes a step back but I honestly don't think it's going to be that much um Mark Andrews I think Mark Andrews has a shot to truly be the best tight end in the league this year that's just my opinion. Probably not very popular, but I really think that. Um, Say that and one then, more. what? Say that one more time. I said I think Mark Andrews has a shot to be the best tight end in the league this year. I think you've, I think you've heard that here on the pod before. <laughs> um, Jarrett and Campbell, uh, they're going to be consistent. Not sure they'll, they're going to be as good as they were last year, um, but they're definitely going to get their points. Uh, the key player in his defensive line group for me is uh, Gross Matos. Can he, can he break out as a rookie and, and be a guy that makes big plays in, in Carolina's D and fill in, you know, on those, those bye weeks for those other guys? If he does that, Sam could be a, a force. Um, Sean Williams and Jabril, uh, good defensive back group. Um, adding chin just makes them even better. Um, linebacker group doesn't make you jump out of your seat, but they're also not a bad group. Um, I, I think they're just eh for me. Um, I'm, I'm really impressed at, with how well Sam has already done this season, you know, in his first year uh, with the dispersal draft, as well as taking advantage of Brendan. Um, and Sam, I just have to tell you, I'm going to plead with you, help my milk bag body buddy out. 
Um, <laughs> please bring lube next time. If you're going to make a trade with Brendan, bring the lube, dude. Please don't make him feel it for the next two weeks. Okay. Um, he's set up now and for the future. I really, really like Sam's team. I, w- I wish I had his team. Um, and I definitely expect to see him at the top of our league for a long time. Yeah, it's – yeah. So, I originally had Sam in the tier with these other guys, um, but I think I'm actually going to move him up. So, I'm going to call this my next tier break. I do have Sam here at four. Um, and, and in this next tier, uh, to me, these are, these are clear-cut playoff teams. Now, obviously, things happen. Injuries happen. You know, players disappoint. But as teams sit today, I think Sam is a clear-cut playoff team. Um, and I can just hear the Lynch boys now and Jeff furious because, you know, their dispersal draft had, like, four good players in it. <laughs> and Julian and Sam, you know, Sam <laughs> drafts a playoff team. And Julian, we both had ranked, you know, in our top nine or ten. So, I mean, yeah. both teams are solid. And obviously we should have known this, though, because, you know, Randy had – won two championships in the last what five years or something like that so it's you know it's not like those teams were bad and you know wedge had won a championship somewhere in there as well so there were players on these teams wedge and randy just kind of gave up um so the teams really tanked but you know it's just one of those things like him and julian both got lucky they both have really good teams with the potential to be very very good down the line and Sam's just going to be real strong this year. Um, we gave him a ton of crap about his draft grade and, <clears throat> you know, how things played out for him. But at the end of the day, looking at this team, I mean, there's no, there's no real glaring major holes. Obviously, he could do better at linebacker. You know, like right now, for example, C.J. Mosley opted out a while ago, and Sam hasn't moved him to IR yet. So, you know, moving a guy like him to IR, going and getting a player as a replacement, like maybe Neville Hewitt, the guy who's going to replace him. Um, you know, there's, there's linebackers out there right now. You know, just watch the guys that, you know, I care a sell through because I can't make my mind up on a daily basis. You know, so it's just – he's just – he's strong. He's really strong. I think he's going to be super conservative too as far as his ad drops and his trades. So, you know, he's not going to screw it up just because he's scared to. Um, so – you know, he'll be right there. He's, he's certainly not a team that I want to play, you know, in a, in a one game matchup, you know, anytime you're going against you know, Russell Wilson, Zeke, you know, the, the upside of guys like AJ Brown and Devonte Parker and you know, Michael Gallup or Christian Kirk. And then like you said, with Andrews, you know, I told you guys that I had Andrews as my number two dynasty tight end over Kittle. And then I kind of wa- or over Kelsey, excuse me. And then I kind of waffled a little bit on that when Kelsey got his new deal. But, you know, I, I agree with you. I would have, Zero surprise if Mark Andrews ends up as the number one tight end this year. You know, he just has – he has absolute elite upside as the number one option in Baltimore. So, Sam is stacked. He's absolutely stacked. All right, on to the number three team. All right, so this is my um, my next tier, my last tier, um, and, and these are my lock for the playoff teams. So, at number three, I actually have you, the Barrow Snowman. Um, and – you, you have the top fantasy quarterback in the league. We all get that. You have the top quarterback in the league. I was wrong. You were right. Ah. Um, <laughs> Which? It, if he is hurt for any extended time, it may spell trouble for you. I don't know. I don't mind Herbert being your backup. Like, a lot of people had a huge problem with it. I don't, I don't really mind it that much. Um, I think eventually during this season he's going to start. So, I, 
I'm not that upset about you having Herbert as your backup. Um, in my opinion, you have a weakness at running back. Um, Mixon is good. Um, I, I wouldn't call him great. I think that a lot – I think some people think he's great. I think he's really good. I, I'll, I'll even say really good. I don't think he's great, though. Um, I don't think he's elite. I think Taylor's going to be very good, obviously. Talked about him um, so much. Um, but I, I still do think, obviously, at the beginning of the season especially, he's going to split carries um, in, in Indy. And so, I mean, that, that obviously takes away points from a guy when he's splitting carries with another guy. Um, and he might not be the third down back right away. I know people talk about his pass, pass catching ability. Um, everybody else on, on your running backs, uh, running back by committee or chode, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the good news, um, good news is on your team. You got plenty of other players to help this one weakness that you have at running back. Um, your receivers are very good and very deep. Um, I think Godwin lands on earth this year, um, but four other guys probably, you know, he stays close to that 200 point mark. Uh, it's it's going to be, you know, four, four of your guys are going to stay close to the 200 point mark. Uh, I, I think that, you know, that's a position battle that you're going to win just about every week against anybody in the league. Um, in my opinion. So who's but, the one that's not? Who's not going to score 200 points? Or Did I forget a guy? I'm asking. Maybe I, don't I just, so I I think just wrote Cooper four. Will. Godwin will. I, I think DJ Moore will because he did last year too. Juju did it before. Obviously, he was hurt last year. And then Robert Woods did it last year. Do you not yeah, like him? Just, I'm just, I'm I, was, I, was, I was not noticing Juju's name. So, yeah, I think five. Five guys. I agree with you. Um so yeah, it's going to be tough, but it it also makes it tough to pick three of those guys every week. And sure. you you know when when that happens, you always choose the wrong guy. It always happens. It happens for me, always. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's a battle you win. You really can't choose wrong with those guys that you have at wide receiver. Um, in my opinion, you you have the best tight end in the league. Um, and and definitely, if it's not the top one, definitely one of the top three, right? No, um, a backup that will also um, beat most teams' tight ends, you know, and, and if Jimmy has a bye week um, or a Kittle injury, he has a backup that's going to beat most other teams' tight ends at, from week to week. Um, Daniil's great. Uh, I'm not sure that you're going to get what you want out of your next defensive lineman this year um, and definitely not like a normal Jimmy team usually you got your definite two guys at DN. Um, and I'm not sure that you have that this year. I think there's a small weakness at D line as well. Um, but you'll go out and find one. I'm sure try to make a move at some point to, to sure that up. Um, I think is, I, th I think your linebackers will be better than they were last year. Um, but not, not one of the, you know, top, top, top linebacker groups in the league. Um, and I, I think those top teams in the league are going to beat you at that linebacker battle. Um, like, you know, obviously Rich's team. And I just choose them because I can think he's probably the best linebacker team in the league. Um, DB took a huge hit when Durbin got hurt. Um, that, that sucks for you. Um, 
It's sweet for me, but it sucks for you. Um, I think that took you from one of the better DB squads in the league to, uh, I mean, honestly, a weak one at this moment, um, obviously. But we've talked about, you know, DBs and how easy they are to pick up. So, obviously, that's not going to be something that I think affects you as much. Um, but it's definitely going to affect you. Derwin's, you know, one of the top safeties in the league when he plays. Um I, I think the wide receivers that you have and the quarterbacks really keep you at the top of the league this year. Um, but you just have those little things, you know, at the end and that running back that I think is going to hold you back from winning another waffle or HFFL ship while we're not in a waffle. Yeah, we want a waffle ship too, though. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. Uh, yeah, and I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Um, I agree 100% that Joe Mixon is not elite. He's not uh, CMC or McCaffrey, not McCaffrey, or Camara, you know, Saquon. He's he's not in that tier, Zeke. He's not he's not a guy like that. I do think Jonathan Taylor has that upside, but again, that's that's not going to be this year. You know, maybe towards the end of the season he gets that role, that that three down role, but he'll be sharing with Marlon Mack for the majority of the year. Um, obviously, I have a lot of hope for Rojo. You know, Ryan talked about how much I love Rojo on the very first pod. You know, and I do. I do love Rojo. I'll be the first to admit, you know, he was much better last year than pretty much anybody's given him credit for. But he's not, you know, if you're relying on Ronald Jones, you got problems. And, you know, frankly, I have problems right now at running back. So there's a reason that I've got, you know, 15 of these dudes on my roster right now because I want to see how it plays out. You know, I've got basically a week left to decide who I'm keeping and who I'm cutting and going forward and, and seeing what to do. But, uh, yeah, so running back's, running back's a problem, no doubt about that. Um, I love my wide receivers. Definitely think it's the deepest group in the league. Obviously, Kittle's a stud. Um, and then despite what, you know, like Scott would say, oh, you know, Jimmy says don't take a DT, and then you look and he's got a DT. Well, you know, if you listen to all the pods, I talked about, yes, don't take a DT, unless it's a very, very good DT. And Chris Jones is a very, very good DT. You know, among all defensive linemen, he was the 23rd in points per game last year. So this is not a scrub player. Is he – was he elite this year? No, absolutely not. Last year, he was not elite. Um, but the year before, Chris Jones scored 200 points. So it's not like he's some scrub. You know? And then D Ford, obviously, I don't know if he was hurt last year. I, I don't know what happened. I, I paid what ultimately ended up being Tua Tungabailoa, uh, that pick, that 202. I paid that for D Ford to Kellen you know, after D Ford came off a 219-point season. And then he just, he just flopped last year. I know he was banged up a little bit, but he also, you know, he still played. He tried to play through it. He just was ineffective. So obviously I'm hoping for a bounce back from D Ford. I'm kind of stuck with him just because of that cost I have, the sunk cost that I have into him. But I can't cut him. It's, you know, like a guy like D Ford should not be a free agent. So agree with you on my linebackers. Um, obviously I'm hoping for that second year leap out of Devin White. He was absolutely on fire towards the second half of the year. And so was Jerome Baker. So Hopefully them combined with maybe Shaq Thompson can, can just give me a floor just to be solid. And then, yeah, I think if I had made my rankings bef after the Derwin injury, I think I would have put Sam above me. Um, and I, I do believe actually now that Sam is better than I am because I don't have 220, 230 points coming from Derwin. Um, so I, I think that I am still a playoff team, but I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a lock anymore. Um, so go ahead with your number two team. I had myself as number three as well. All right. So my number two team is myself, um, Deshaun Watson, 
Um, had a pretty, he had a really good year last year. I didn't even realize how many points he scored, and I have him on my team. Why don't you let me talk about your team? Yeah, you go ahead. You go ahead. Bottle here. So obviously Watson's a stud. Losing New Hopkins though is absolutely going to hurt you. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to talk about a little bit with your team was just how good you were last year. Um, and obviously last year it becomes one of those things where you just kind of forget and you're always you know on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. You were the only team with more than 10 wins last year and you had 12. You know, you were the highest scoring team by 12 points per game over Rich or over Scott, excuse me, who we all believe right now looking at on paper has the best team. You know, so it's, you know, I always hear, and, and Kobe will attest to this, we always hear, oh, poor me, oh my, you know, Ryan's luck. Oh, God, I have the worst luck. The kids, the highest scoring team in the league, has the lowest scoring points against. Last year was your year. You know, you were red hot. The kid, you were hot. Team was great. Um, and it still is. You know, you are absolutely stacked, really, in, at almost every position. Obviously, having Christian McCaffrey and 440 points from a running back is just stupid. I'm a little nervous for Watson. I have Watson in a, a two-quarterback league. I'm a little nervous for him just losing Hopkins. But, again, adding Brandon Cooks really helps. I like your depth at running back. I think Mark Ingram is a 200-point player, again, with potential for more. I like Mostert, but I don't, I don't think he's, like, this 70% player who's going to score 250 points or anything crazy like that. You know, he's, he's a 200-touch guy for me. He doesn't, have a lot of, he doesn't have a lot of receiving chops, so he'll be solid, but you know, he'll, he'll struggle to get to 200 points for me. Um, obviously, I love you having Hopkins. You know, the, the underrated loss here for you is that you don't have those double-point bonuses that you used to kill people with, with Deshaun Watson throwing one, two, three touchdowns a game to Nuke Hopkins. That's going to be like an underrated big-time loss for you this year, just that you don't get that, that bonus. Um, obviously Thielen is going to, he's going to be fed as many targets as he can possibly handle. And we'll see what happens. I mean, there's, there's a legitimate chance that Adam Thielen leads the NFL in targets. It's, it's a legitimate thing. There is, they have Justin Jefferson, but again, you know, short off season, Kirk Cousins is going to pepper the guy he believes in the guy he trusts. And that's going to be Thielen. Obviously your wide receiver three, um, you have Edelman. He went off last year, scored almost 220. Um, I don't know if he's still the same player with Cam, but I don't think he's just a scrub. You know, I think he's still a 10 to 12 point player per game. You know, he's going to score 180, 190, somewhere in there. So I think he'll be solid. Obviously, Jared Cook was really good for you last year, but it was largely touchdown dependent, which is a little worrisome going forward. And that's kind of how his whole career has been as far as like, well, not really touchdown dependence. Like we talked about, he only averages two and a half touchdowns a season. Um, but just that up and down, like Jared Cook is the guy who scores 25 points one week and then has five weeks straight where he scores less than 25 points total. And then he bam blows up for 25 again. So that is, that is concerning, but it's not like a, a huge weakness. It's a weakness for you in that you're so stacked everywhere else, but he's still probably a top 12 option this year. Um, obviously you got a solid kicker, you know, cause everybody loves kickers. We got to talk <laughs> about your kicker. He's very solid. Actually, didn't he just lose his job? I don't know. I don't know either. I thought they were bringing in kickers. I could be wrong on that. But obviously, you know, Bosa, Dunlap, Brandon Graham, got to love those guys. The blonde wonder, Chase Winovich, you know, I'm interested to see what happens next year for him. Um, you know, I, I love your linebackers with Quan and Devin Bush, Joe Schobert. Taki Taki's been getting some love because uh, 
Oh boy, Mac Wilson's out, even though he's not listed as out, so you can't put him on IR, which I think is awesome, by the way. I love that he's doubtful and he's just totally screwing you right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, I've been reading a lot about Jamal Adams and what the plan for Seattle is, you know, after giving up multiple first-round picks and then, you know, potentially giving him a huge contract. Um, Seattle is talking about not using their traditional cover three with him in the box. We're talking about moving him around more, making him more of a chess piece, having him rush the passer more, um, do just, you know, things to put him around the ball. And if that ends up being true, then I think we could see Jamal Adams return to, you know, that top three DB that he was once was. And if that does happen, that would be absolute boon for you. Um, and then really other than that, I mean, you got solid guys, really depth pieces along the board. You're, you know, you've really done a nice job adding, adding some youth, you know, guys like T Higgins, you know, at, at one point I was worried you were going to end up being Mike Hill, you know, and having all aging assets that no one would trade for. Um, but you've done a nice job working around that and trying to get that going while, while keeping yourself relevant. So I have you as the second best team in the HFFL as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. Um, obviously I, I'm a little worried about Deshaun definitely losing nuke and that, yeah, that was the greatest thing in the world, man. When I'm sitting down watching football on Sunday and nuke, you know, Deshaun Watson throws a touchdown to nuke. Like that's so many points right there. Um, so that it definitely hurts me. Um, I know you talked about my receivers and my wide receiver three. I'd like to add, um, just like thinking about Conley and Perriman in that spot too. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to get from them this year. Um, but I think that they could definitely do the job and they could be players. I mean, Perriman last year was really good in Tampa. Um, and maybe he could do, you know, maybe he could show something in, in New York. Um, and then Conley and Jacksonville, there, there's not a lot there. Right. So, um, I mean, maybe, maybe he could be a wide receiver too, and he can do some stuff there. So hopefully those guys can step up for me as well. All right. Who do you have as your best team in the HFFL? Who's going to win the championship this year? So my best team in the HFFL, um, it's no secret. Um, everybody knows it. The best team is Scott. Um, does that mean he's going to win it all? It didn't last year. He was the, he was the best team last year. We all thought that. Um, and, um, he didn't win it. So going through his team, I mean, he's got a really good quarterback unit. Um, he's he's going to be a threat. Drew Brees is going to be a threat every week in the quarterback matchup. He's going to throw for a lot of yards, right? Uh, he's done his whole career. Barkley and Kamara, obviously, we got a little Kamara news. I'm rooting for him to hold out, I'm rooting for him not to play this year. Um, so that's obviously a hindrance on, on Scott's team. But with those two guys – you're not going to lose very much at running back. Um, there's definitely not a better two running backs um, duo in the league. Um, please, God, Elvin, hold out. Uh, <laughs> Kareem and LaShawn uh, to back up those two. Very good options as well, especially this year, especially now with LaShawn. Um, receivers like Keenan, Odell, Diggs, Galladay. <laughs> Toss a coin, pick any of the three to play, uh, and you're probably going to outscore a lot of the other groups in the league. Obviously not as deep as, as Jimmy's wide receivers with the, with the five that you can roll out there, any of the five, but um, definitely, definitely talented group. Um, Scott does have a, an air quotes, weakness at tight end. Um, I 
I only say this. I, I, I love Henry and I love Fant. So um, I don't, I don't see his weakness at tight end. I mean, it's obviously the weakest position he has on the field. I think um, maybe, maybe his second DN might be weaker than his tight ends. But um, I think that if Henry doesn't get hurt, he's a top five at five tight end for me. Uh, so I think he's really talented. Fant, it had, he's an up and comer. I think that he has a chance to have a pretty good year this year in his second season. Um, is it a second season or third? Second. second? Yeah. Uh, Bosa is going to be one of the top D line scorers in the league this year. I think, you know, as I said before, I think one of his, his biggest weaknesses may be his second defensive end spot this year. Um, although he did score 182 points last year. So obviously, as you can see, it's not that much of a weakness. Um, especially if he does that again. I do think that number, like I said, is going to drop a little bit. Um, his linebackers, Darius Leonard, obviously a top linebacker in the league. Um, Scott has three other guys that he can put in and be very good. Um, and then his DBs, who are the best in the league. Um, there's no chance Buddha scores 279 again. So I don't know if Scott thinks that's going to happen again, but it's not. Uh, he's definitely Scott, still going to, I think Scott would bet you on that. I think he thinks <laughs> that Buddha will score 279 again. I really do. Well, think we can, if he wants to bet that, then we can definitely put that on that list. Cause I've been looking for a Scott. bet that I can make with somebody. Let us know, Scott. Ryan wants it on this bet thread. <laughs> um, I, I do think he's still going to be, you know, well over that 200 mark, but 279, that's crazy. Um, and I think, you know, that def those defensive backs that he has, you're going to win just about every matchup at that position. Um, he's got the, he has the only team with no real weaknesses to speak of. Um, he should be the 2020 champ, but Hey, should have been the 2019 champ. That's why we play the game. Right. Yep. Um, and I agree with you. It's, I think it's Scott. If he doesn't win the title, I think it's because he jinxed himself. Um, but this team, this team isn't the best team in HFFL history. Um, I don't no, know. I agree with that. I um, agree with that. Like Kobe, the Kobe rain from 2010 to 2014. Um, he went 52 and 13 and he won three titles during that time. Um, but this is definitely a sexy roster. Definitely the sexiest roster in the HFFL right now. Um, his last three years, um, he is tied with the second most wins ever in a three year span with 31 um, record holder myself with 33. Um, but <clears throat> you know, like you said, Scott stacked top to bottom. Um, I think, like I said, in the breakdown with Scott's team, I think his quarterbacks, with Wentz now losing his left tackle as well, since that's gone down, um, and losing Jalen Rager since that's gone down. <clears throat> you know, I, I think Carson Wentz is an elite talent. It's something that you and I have kind of talked about forever since I took him in Waffle and <clears throat> really kind of immersed myself in all things Carson Wentz. Um, and I took him in the HFFL at one point too. Uh, so it just, you know, I think he's a great player, but at some point, you know, the guy just, they need, they need some luck. That The Eagles seem to have Mike Hill luck when it comes to injuries and, you know, that's going to really hurt Carson Wentz. You know, he's very talented, but he can only do so much. Obviously, Drew Brees is getting older. You know, he's, he doesn't have the, the down-the-field range. You know, and his, his AYA kind of shows that, too. You know, he is more of a short-to-intermediate passer, but he's very effective in that short-to-intermediate game. Um, so I do think that Scott will get, you know, bottom, bottom of the, the top 10, you know, in that 7 to 10 range from those two. You know, so it's not going to be the elite quarterback that historically wins the league, 
But obviously with as deep as Scott is and then everybody else having at least one major hole, you know, Scott definitely has a shot at, at being the champion. And then obviously, like we talked about, I agree with you. Dynasty-wise, his tight ends are absolutely insane. Um, whether Fant or Henry break out this year and end up being top five options, I don't know. But, you know, they definitely have a shot. There's no doubt. And, and, and there's every argument in the book that both of those players has a shot at that. So, you know, Scott has it all. We'll see, what, we'll see how it plays out, though, because there's been years where, you know, it was no doubt Kobe was going to win the title or years where it was no doubt I was going to win the title. You know, uh, you had some, some incredible teams there for a while too. So it just, it's just crazy how things play out, you know, and, and Rich won a title as a, I think he was a six seed too. Greg was a six seed. Wedge was a six seed. You know, it, it happens. It happens in the HFFL. You just have to get in. So do everything that you can to get in. Even if you're the six seed, getting in is all you got to do. Um, so that's got to get it in. That's right. You just got to get in. Story of our life, right? <laughs> so that's going to be it for this pod. Um, the next pod that Ryan and I will do will be the week one preview. But that's it. After this, we are we are live. We are rolling. Um, I will put out uh, our COVID plan here in the next week or so. Um, it's not going to be something we vote on. It's just we're going to put a plan in place, you know, and, and we're just going to roll with it. You know, I, I think we're going to get through the season. I'm very confident at this point that we're going to get through the season. I think the NFL is taking every precaution imaginable because they've seen baseball fall on its face and try to work through, you know, all their issues. Uh, and the NFL doesn't want to risk that. So the NFL actually is the only of the major four sports where the players association was get, or gave up their, their guarantees if the player gets COVID. So the NFL players have incredible incentive to stay healthy, to stay safe, to, to get out there because if they get COVID, they won't get paid. So it's very, is very vital for them. You know, if the season gets shut down, they're screwed. So I just think, I really believe they're going to work their way through it. And just like Ryan was talking about in the group chat earlier, you know, the state of Michigan is looking to reverse course on football all of a sudden, and the big 10 is getting pressure to return to football. And, you know, the, the world seems to be more uh, screw COVID. Let's, let's get back to life and just get it over with. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens for sure. But thanks again, Ryan. Really appreciate having you on. And uh, Yeah, thanks for having me again. All right, man. Talk to you later. All right, see ya.